Week one of the 2023 NFL season is in the books. And guys, what have we learned? Tell you now that the preseason success does not correlate to NFL regular season success. We're going to tell you why next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. Uh, guys, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Thank y'all for being our every. You already know what it is. You got my boy, Mr. LSU, my partner in crime, Keith Sanchez. You can find him and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, the 2019 national champ, right? But you know why we're here, right? Myself, DP, we're here to bring you that championship level contest around at the NFL draft every single day. Like we say, man, 24-7, 365. This is where you come to for your daily draft content where we talk everything football, man. We talk college. We talk NFL. We do it all, man. And so today's slate, right, we're talking about a big, big Tuesday, man. We just wrapped up the first edition of Monday Night Football. But we're going to talk about this, man. What have we learned after one week of NFL football? We're going to give you a rookie report that we're going to be bringing to you each and every week, how these rookies are performing. And then we're going to do what? Hand, up, hand out our NFL game balls. Once again, we get to play coach, right? We get to get in the locker rooms and hand the game balls out. DP, before we get started, man, we do have a title sponsor. So why don't we give our title sponsor a shout out? Today's episode of Locked On NFL Drive is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Keith, you know the question that we like to ask what have we learned? Right? We do it for college football from time to time, but we're doing the NFL too. What have we learned? Week one has just ended, man. When you when you look back on all the action from this past Sunday, Keith, what is the one thing you like? You know what? This is what I learned this week. It appears that the Green Bay Packers are going to win the NFC North. Because Already? the Chicago okay. Bears have not figured it out with Justin no. Fields. Like, and, and that's it. This is not about the Packers. This is about the Chicago Bears. That after all the additions in the offseason, right? That was an extremely disappointing performance, right? And I'm not going to, um, I guess, exclude Justin Fields for any type of criticism, right? Like, he he, he yeah. needs to play better. But, man, when I watched the game, I watched play design, right? I watched how do you involve the weapons. And it, it I, I just didn't feel it, DP. I didn't like it. I didn't like what I saw. To me, it didn't emphasize Justin Fields' best attributes, right? It seemed like we got all these pieces, but we're still going to try to fit them into this situation instead of trying to build the situation around the pieces that you have now. So I, I that that's what I learned, DP, is that this, regardless of what you say, the Chicago Bears, or what people say, right, not you specifically, the yeah. Chicago Bears' offense still looks bad. Like, this, now we need to turn our attention to the, the – I feel like the GM did his job, right? 
go and get out, go and get some offensive linemen, uh, you know, well, reassuring the offensive line, and go and, go and get some offensive skill positions to help this thing out, right? Now you got to turn, you, you, you got to turn to, I'll give 25% Justin Fields, right? But the offensive coordinator, why are we not using play call, like, like play design, run design plays for Justin Fields, who's one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the entire NFL? This is about moving the football. It looks like there's so much of an emphasis, DP, on sitting there and telling Justin Fields to stand in a pocket and become a pocket passer. That is the, the, the train of thought that we've had 20 years ago, right? I hope, I hope, I hope that over these past 20 years and we've seen the success of Cam Newton's, Lamar Jackson's, and, you know, so many other players that we're way past that now, right? Like we have different offensive concepts that we're way past that, that we can take a, a mobile quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, and allow him to use his legs on run design, play design type stuff. Because I, I what I seen yesterday, I'm – I, I, I'm I'm so disappointed in what I, what that looked like. No, I, and I'm glad that you you know you you kept it 100 right. Justin Fields has to own some responsibility, like you said. It is a it's a couple. It was a play where I think he threw. He either I think he got sacked on one where it's like it was kind of mesh concept where you know it was mesh with a mesh with sit. So you got a crossers and you got mm-hmm. I think Darnell Mooney kind of you know sitting down in the middle of the field and. What you saw, or what I saw from the end zone angle watching Justin Fields, his eyes are taking too long to go through the mesh concept. You know what I mean? Because mesh really will take you through the reads itself, right? It's like one, two, and then three. So it's taking you through the reads because these guys are crossing typically at the same time. So you're seeing who's going to break free, who's going, whose route's going to pick for the other, and then you can hit whatever is open. But he missed Mooney, and I think he ended up getting sacked on that. And I remember just like watching that play, I was like, Fields, you got to come off that read. Mooney's right there in your face. He's, you know, what I'm saying, like you're you're putting more pressure on your old line. But I agree with you, Keith. One thing, and, and it's crazy enough, watching the film from last year. When did Justin Fields really look his best? It's, to me, is when he you tell him to push the ball vertically. He's a vertical passer, right? It, he's not somebody that reads it extremely well going horizontal. You know what I'm saying? That's knowing your personnel, DP. Like, you're supposed to know that, right? Like, you're supposed to know, okay, cool. And my thing is this, then build in some of the run stuff, right? Keep it simple. Like, if, you, if you're going to do crossing routes and stuff like that, let it be off a of play-action bootleg, right? Let, let it be off of some, some of that action to where he can get out of the pocket. And that's the simple stuff. That's the one, two, three. That's the gimme throws, right? Okay, get comfortable. Are you going to have to make some throws from the pocket? Yes. But then the next thing is this, off of the run-action fake, Take your shots downfield, right? Have the shots built in to take it downfield. And I agree with you 100%. I say this all the time. Every quarterback, even the like they're, they're different quarterbacks, even at a great level, right? Some some see it anticipatory throwers. They see the field horizontally way better than others. Some quarterbacks, they push the ball down the field better, right? They understand how to throw those one-on-one shots. So I agree with you 100%, DP, that that's the case for Justin Fields. No, and so they, they got to figure this thing out. I, I don't like the offensive coordinator. I, I, I haven't liked his, his offense and his scheme since he got there, you know, with, with Fields. And I just feel like this is – they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out quick, Keith. For me, what have I learned? Take preseason as small in your evaluation as possible, baby. Preseason means nothing. And what I, what I mean by that is this. I don't care who looks great in the preseason. That does not correlate to, all, to, to regular season success. It's great. It's a great storyline. It's a great headline to talk about. It gives us something to talk about on this podcast. It gives you something to talk about on the TV. It gives you something to talk about in the barbershop. Like, man, you see my quarterback out there week two of the preseason? 
out there throwing for throwing those dimes. Yeah, that's cool and all. But when you get to the regular season, then you really get to see how quickly guys, you know, adapt to live football. And not only that, Keith, but like in a sense, preseason, like people will say preseason matters. And I'm not saying that it doesn't matter in a grand scheme of things, but like correlating to success. I think preseason matters in terms of getting your starters out there because you don't want to see the stuff that we saw yesterday. The Joe Burrow stuff, the 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 all of these top quarterbacks struggling week one. You know what I mean? Mahomes on Thursday night, his receivers not looking good. Him, him like not he didn't look great either. Like I know people like to blame the receivers. Mahomes didn't look good himself at times. You know what I mean? So like you want to get those reps, but I'm, what I mean is people thought, especially like you think about the rookie quarterbacks and stuff. We, we saw C.J. Stroud have you know that that uh, what was that good couple drives against uh, the Saints. You saw the last preseason game where Bryce Young looked like he was going to walk into week one and just slice and dice the Atlanta Falcons defense. Well, that kind of didn't happen. Why? Because it's not preseason no more. You're not seeing bland, vanilla, vanilla things. And now these it's a regular season, baby. The wins in the preseason have absolutely no bearing on anything. Once week one, once that kickoff happens week one, all those live bullets are flying because they're trying to take you out of there. They're trying to get you out of there. So I just want, like, for me, that was one thing I learned. I want people to understand, man, preseason success for a player, for a team, it really means nothing. You just want to get the reps in and get into a rhythm. It doesn't matter how good you look in the preseason if you don't look good week one. Yeah, and, and TV to that point real quick, right? There was a lot of offenses that did not look good, Done. right? Like, yeah, a, a, a lot of them, and you and, and unfortunately, it was a lot of young quarterbacks out there. Right? You you mentioned, uh, well, I don't even know if you mentioned, but I thought about it with Kenny Pickett in the in the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, and I'll save that for another podcast, right? Yes, uh, maybe that that'll come up on tomorrow's podcast. But yeah, there were so many offenses that it, it was just bad football yesterday. Then there was a lot of blowouts. I was trying, like, maybe there were two good games. Maybe the the Chargers and the Dolphins had a, you know, that that, that was a pretty good football game. But other than that, it was not that many good football games. The Saints and the Titans was, what, 15 or 16? It was not a lot of good football being played yesterday. But, DP, let's keep this thing flowing, man, and let's jump into the rookie report, right? We have to take you across the league real quick, give you a snapshot. How these rookies perform? What do we expect? What do we see? Um, Did they meet expectations or did they fall below expectations? So coming up next, man, is our rookie report. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Guys, right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Let me repeat myself right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus all customers, not new, not just old, all customers combined who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I'm telling you guys, you want to go ahead and give this a shot because it changes the way you watch NFL football on Sundays. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you do not and will not want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. It's time to check in on those rookies, Keith. The rookie report is here for week one of the 2023 NFL season. Keith, who are we kicking it off with? Who you want to bring to the table for the rookie report? 
I'm going to go with, you mentioned it already, I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I have two, but I'm going to start this off with Bryce Young. I'm going to start with kind of the, the iffy-ish kind of, you know, stuff. Um, you know, it's on the screen, right? 20 or 38, 146 yards, two interceptions, right? And I think he had, what, he had one touchdown. He threw one, one touchdown, touchdown yeah. um, to Hayden Hurst in the flash, right? Looked like it was just, um, you know, a simple concept. But, DP, like this, this goes to what we talked about in the pre, like the preseason, right? When we talked about this offense, and you seen it in person. I, I seen a chart where somebody released a chart, and it was a throwing chart for Bryce Young as far as his attempts, right? And all of his attempts were basically like inside twenty yards, right? There were no shots mm-hmm. taken down the field, and you started to see that with the defensive backs. Everybody was sitting on everything Bryce Young was doing, and that's because. With this wide receiver core that they've constructed, who is going to be the vertical guy? You have to have that, um, especially with, you know, just the way this offense is designed. You have to have a vertical shot built in there just to kind of back those defensive backs up. We know that Bryce Young is a timing and timing and rhythm thrower, right? But you also have to have, like, kind of loosen some things up because you're making everything a tight window throw, right? Everything has to be so synchronized. He doesn't have any room for error because everybody's sitting on everything. So when I seen that chart, I was like, yeah, this is pretty much what we talked about on the podcast, that there's nobody to take the the top off the offense. And we wonder if everybody's just going to sit there and play man against these wide receivers. And then Bryce Young is going to have days like this. No, I mean, kid, I watched the entire game and – one thing I always say, you know, Bryce is, is so intelligent, right? He's so, like you said, anticipation, all those good, all those things, right? But he's still a rookie in the NFL, and, and he's going to be tricked by coverages. Like that, that's why I hate the, you know, the elite processing stuff. Like you could say he was an elite college processor. He's not an elite NFL processor yet. He's got to see these different looks and these different schemes to to learn them, to get the hang of them, so he can start manipulating them. Because he tried, he threw the two interceptions. Both to Jesse Bates, who, by the way, was an elite football player Sunday. Jesse Bates was yeah. an absolute stud. That, that, three, that looks like three, a great, three turnovers forced. A like great by himself. signing for the Atlanta Falcons. Like well, money signing. well spent, Keith. Yeah. Money well spent for the Atlanta Falcons. But I think he picked he picked Bryce off. Now one of them, Bryce tried to. I remember Tua talked about this where he tries to the look off and then come back and throw it. So he's trying to look uh, Jesse Bates off. Bates doesn't move. Then he comes back, doesn't read that Bates is there, and he just throws in the middle of the field. And Bates is like, okay, thank you. You know what I'm saying? I'll take this gift. So it's like, is you not paying me any attention? And it's those type of things. So with, with, with that offense, man, they need to get some 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 guys that's going to stretch the field. And the, me, me and you talked about this. I said, man, watch it. I went to practice, and I was like, I don't like this offense. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this offense. I feel like team, all this is going to do is teams are going to start squatting and sitting on everything and putting the umbrella at about the 10 to 15-yard range and try to take everything underneath. Cover one, cover one man, middle of the field close. Like, there's no reason to be trying to get the ball in those type of areas where it's not going to work for you. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Keith. Like, it was a rough outing. I do think I expect him to, to bounce back from it. But I'm, I'm – and I think I told you this weeks ago, I'm a little iffy on Frank Wright. I didn't like the offense he ran in, in Indy, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's very similar stuff to Keith, very similar stuff. And even the receiving core is built very similar to where there's no true separator. And I'm just like, hmm. No true deep threat. I'm like, all right, Frank, 
what we doing here now? Like, you know what I mean? You what you doing? You know what I mean? So it's like losing DJ Moore. If you kept DJ, if DJ Moore's in his offense, we don't feel the same because DJ Moore is a true number one. Yeah, but they don't have that key. So we're gonna see how it plays out. But I'm with you with bringing up Bryce on the rookie report. But I'm 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 gonna pull up a guy, Keith. From the University of Georgia, you know what I mean? Bryce might know him because, you know, they, they beat him in, in the in the national championship game. You might know this guy. Jalen Carter, Keith. You know, eight pressures, one tackle, one sack. You talk about Neil, like, <laughs> he, this kid was, he, he was dominant versus the New England Patriots. And it didn't matter if it was the right guard, left guard, center. It didn't matter. If they got him isolated one-on-one, Keith, he looked, he, he, at times, his rush and how quickly he won with twitch, explosiveness, and then power, it looks so, and I'm not comparing the two. It looked very reminiscent of Aaron Donald. It did. It looked very reminiscent of Aaron Donald. And if you remember, I think my comp for him was, I felt like he was, uh, you know, he was very similar to Chris Jones. Strong, long arms, athletic, the guy that you can, that can literally wreck a game. And I think it was his first snap. Where he's at this club with the long arm over on the guard, and he's right in Mac Jones's face. I was like, "Bro, is that his first snap?" And he just did that. Like, it's incredible just to watch what he could do. And it brings me back to the draft process, Keith, where you got all these people on on TV, like just killing his character. You went to the pro day; he was gassed, he was out of shape. Blah blah. I'm like, "Listen, man, you know what I'm saying? At one, at some point, the film got to matter." I'm not really worried about what he do at this pro day. I don't really care. I, I didn't care then. Yeah, I wanted him to see, see him in better shape, but I wasn't going to just look at the tape he put on for two years and say, you know what? That ain't the guy I'm drafting. You know what I mean? That's what Chicago Bears did, Keith. That's what Chicago Bears did. And they're going to regret that. They're going to absolutely regret it because they don't have a game changer on that defensive line. So I got to give a look. Got to get love to Jalen Carter, man. Yeah, no, I, I I like that pick definitely. Like he and he controlled the game, DP. You know, just from the interior, right? I, I don't know if Jalen Carter is not there if the Patriots aren't able to score more points. Like he was that disruptive. You seen Mac Jones on the run uh, for his life <laughs> more than not when Jalen Carter was in the game. But DP, I'm gonna throw one name out there again, right? And that is Bijan, Bijan, Bijan Robinson. DP, 16 total touches. 83 total yards, right? But you're talking about a highlight first touchdown. You can't draw like you're a running back in the open field. You can't draw up something like that, especially a rookie, right? When you're trying to show somebody, like, man, I I have moves, right? I'm elusive. I can do this. He he basically pressed down on the analog stick, but he did it in real life, right? Because when you do that on Madden, you're like, okay, how many times do running backs, you know, do skill position right. players do this anyway, right? But he did it, and not only did he make the first person, he made the next two people run into each other, and then he also showed off some ability to break a tackle. So, I mean, just a highlight play, and obviously, you know, they, they have another good football player. Well, another, I would say, rare athlete when you throw out Kyle Pitts, right, and, and you know, Drake London is a good athlete. So now, you know, like we talked about, that trio, right, and they were able to put some points on the board and get the week one W, you know, the one and no, and, and B. John Robinson, if you ask me, I think he brought some energy to that offense. Keith, no, hundred that, that that catch, like to go from reception to jump cut instantly, it's, it's, he's a different cat. He's a different cat all – all together, Keith, and, and it's going to be that. And crazy, I like the way they use him and uh, Tyler Algier together. Where they use Tyler Algier is more of the the banger, the the work, like not the workhorse, but that that battering ram. And then they use uh-huh. Bijan kind of all over the place. Now I like that. I think that's a good that 
Arthur Smith, if you want to keep your job, keep that up. But you got to get Desmond Ritter going in the passing game. I'm just going to tell you that now. Doesn't work. You're still getting fired. Um, so I'm going to give my last rookie report, Keith. And this is a guy I think we both liked in the draft process. And that's why rookie wide receiver Puka Nakua. 10 yeah, receptions, 119 yards. And, you you know, we know that, that you know, uh, Cooper Cup's dealing with the, I think it's a hamstring injury. He had to see a specialist. I don't think there's a, a definitive timetable when he's going to return. But to watch this young man go out there and ball, Keith, like he was, he was, he was a beast, man. But it's a, if you remember that 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 first day at the at the uh, Senior Bowl, he was out there cooking in one on ones. Like guys couldn't, and in team, and, and I think in the team drills as well, where guys couldn't defend him, they didn't have an answer for him. So it was really good to see him go out there and perform. And I think, listen, Matthew Stafford seemed to trust this young man. I think he had either it was between eleven to fourteen t- total targets or something like that. He came down with ten of them for one hundred and nineteen yards. I'm just saying, man, keep your eyes on Puka Nakua. In my uh, in my fantasy league, I'm definitely got a waiver claim in for him because you know I want to add him to my bench. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I might do the same thing because my fantasy team struggled. I think we put up a total of sixty points yesterday. I lost. Yeah, yeah I lost. It, was, it was it was all bad for me. DP, let's keep going, man. Let's keep flowing. Like I said, let's go ahead and play coach, man. We are the coaches. We are handing out the game balls. So coming up next, man, we have our game ball segment. Today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft has been brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Guys, it's just you against the numbers, baby. I can promise you right now, you're going to love the fact that it's simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than a minute, less than 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds will your picks be made as well as the quick withdrawals, the easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. for more than 50 yards and Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen for more than two passing touchdowns. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL or use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit that matches up to one hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl all right keith it's time to give the game ball to our best performer of week one of the 2023 nfl season who are you giving your game ball to dp you already talked about it right and and i'm gonna jump a little bit more to it's jalen carter right going against the patriots at new england i believe what it was tom brady day and the rookie oh, stole yeah, show. Yeah. so he had 34 pass rushing snaps Eight total pressures, which was most in the NFL. Seven hurries, most in the NFL. One set, 25% of pass rush, 25%, I'm sorry, 25% pass rush win rate, which was fifth highest in the NFL. <laughs> and we're talking about a rookie that was just flat out dominant. So he gets my game ball, and I said it earlier, right? I don't know, and in, in, in this is not putting this much on him, right? But just the flow of that game, right, and just how it went, he was that disruptive that, like I said, I don't know if the New England Patriots score more points and then they're able to squeeze out a win against the Eagles, right? Because the Eagles looked their very best. No, they jumped out to an early lead, but then the Patriots started to figure some stuff out, man. So I, I think Jalen Carter, he deserves the game ball. You walk in that locker room and you hand it over to the rookie, you say, here's the game ball. No, I I, don't, I love that pick, Keith, because – and I didn't have all the other stats, and I'm glad you brought those up, you know, the, the pass rush win, win rate and everything that he did, man. Like, you, you talk about uh, a non-mobile quarterback. What's the quickest way to make these guys frustrated? You get pressure right in his face, 
and Matt Jones could not get comfortable, you know, early, early, especially early on. He he found some some level of comfort and was able to make some plays. And he's tough and he hung in there. But with Jalen Carter or without Jalen Carter, he gets comfortable much quicker, right? And then also Jalen Carter helped Fletcher Cox because he didn't have to play a whole game. So you keep Big Fletch healthy and rested throughout the game, and he made some big plays down the stretch himself because his legs are are fresher than they ever been in his, in his long illustrious career, man. So I like Jalen Carter getting the game ball, but Keith, I got to go give it to the Oos. Tua Tonga Valoa, I got to give it yeah. to Tua. 28 of 45, 466 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Man, listen, Tua came out there with the full arm sleeve tattoo, the Samoan arm sleeve, and said, look here, man, you better call me Oos from now on, right? You got to call me Oos from this point forward. Like, he, he made, man, just surgical, just dot after dot after dot. And that pass where he climbs the pocket, you know, being a left-handed quarterback, looks right, sees Tyreek Hill on the move. His feet aren't set, and he just he lets it go. He lets it rip and throws it to him right in stride down the right sideline. And it's just like, that. that's how you know he was in his bag, Keith. That's how you know that Tua Tungavailoa was in his bag. And this is a game for me. I felt like he took this game personal because last year when they played Justin Herbert, and remember, he was selected right before Justin Herbert, right? So everybody's been the whole, they're linked for the rest of their career stuff. And as Herbert came on the scene, like game buster since his rookie year, Tua had a little bit slower start, right, up until last year, and then he battled the concussions. Everybody was saying that the Dolphins should have taken Herbert. But Tua came into that game like like Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is personal. I, I took that personal. And he balled out, man. I was very happy to see it. These two, both of those young quarterbacks showed themselves well. It was, it was, a, it was a slugfest, Keith. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to see that matchup in the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's oh, yeah. AFC Championship game. Give me that. Give me that in the dome. <laughs> like, you know, oh, Miami doesn't, you know, Neither one of them Miami's good. still 70 oh, degrees. Yeah, LA kind of you know, so it don't matter. Yeah, nah, it, it was definitely, man, look, that, that was a good game. Like I said, that's probably the game of the week, right? We still, it, yeah, it's definitely the game of the week, a really good game. Um, Put up the offensive fireworks with DP. I'm, I'm with you. And Tua, Tua looked like Alabama, Tua, right? And that's why Facts, we talked Facts. about weapons. We just had a conversation about Bryce Young. You have to get these guys some weapons. Tua came a long way from 2021, and everybody was talking about, and this was pre-injury, right? This was when he was playing. He was just playing bad, right? And everybody was right. like, Tua's washed. We don't want him. You know, like you, and you talked about the storyline of Justin Herbert, right? And it's like, well, Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And not saying that those players and make Austin them. Eckler. Yeah, and Austin Eckler, right? They, they definitely help the situation. They may not make a quarterback, but they help the situation. Now Tua has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, a good offensive play caller, and Mike McDaniel. And he's throwing for 450. He's putting up 450 on people, man. So shout out to Tua Tagovailoa, man. Just happy to see him take those steps because over here right we don't root for anybody to fail right we call it how we see it but we don't root for anybody to fail and just happy to see him play really good football but dp that wraps up man that wraps up this tuesday show like we said week one of nfl football is officially in the books man we don't get nfl again till thursday night football we have a matchup thursday then like we say go again at it saturday but y'all know tapping with us every single day tomorrow's episode man like i said we may bring back a coach case key thoughts and 
from this week one of NFL football and then what week two finishing the NFL football. Mm-hmm. I have a lot maybe, of thoughts. maybe a little Dame's dudes, Keith. Maybe Dame's maybe, dudes. We'll see. Maybe we could throw some Dame dudes, Dame's dudes in there also. So I have a lot of thoughts. Dame dudes, Dame's may have a lot of dudes on deck. So y'all make sure to tap in with us tomorrow, man. We're gonna have some fun tomorrow. And like we say, man, shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping in with us and make sure you tap in tomorrow. Always, man. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available uh, on YouTube. Hit the bell notification so you're notified anytime that we drop content on the channel. Thank you all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Uh, thank you for being our everydayers, as Keith just said. On Twitter, you can find and follow me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL, Keith Sanchez at the Talent Code. Talk to us. 